Welcome to the Majestic Truth Podcast. Join us as we delve into the mysteries of the universe, explore the unexplained, and shed light on some of the most important events that have occurred and are occurring in our world today. Get ready to open your mind, expand your horizons, and discover the extraordinary. This is the Majestic Truth Podcast. And now your host, Michelle. Welcome back, Truth Seekers, to another episode of the Majestic Truth Podcast, the show that explores the most intriguing mysteries and unexplained phenomena from our world and beyond. I'm your host, Michelle, and today we're exploring the notorious Battle of Los Angeles that occurred on February 25th, 1942. Before we kick off the show here, head on over to MajesticTruth.com forward slash episode 19 that's the number 19 and check out the overview of this particular episode now let me give you an event summary in the early hours of february 25th 1942 the city of los angeles was plunged into a state of panic the events that took place on that fateful night would go down in history as the Battle of Los Angeles. A mysterious and enigmatic moment that left the residents of the city shaken to their core. Tensions were already high as the United States found itself engulfed in the flames of World War II. The attack on Pearl Harbor was still fresh in everyone's minds and the fear of enemy invasion hung heavily in the air. The War Department had imposed strict blackouts to prevent easy targeting for potential attackers, casting the city into darkness each night. But on that particular night, the fear and uncertainty reached new heights. Shortly after 2 a.m., radars along the California coastline detected an unknown object approaching from the ocean. The radar operators bracing themselves for a potential air raid immediately alerted the military command. Sirens wailed and air raid wardens hurriedly but efficiently guided the disoriented civilians to the safety of bomb shelters. As the unidentified object drew nearer to the coast, searchlights sliced through the inky blackness the intense beams crisscrossed the sky, searching for any sign of the intruder. Alongside those beams, anti-aircraft guns were brought into action, their muzzles ominously pointing skyward, ready to unleash a relentless barrage of firepower. The tension strangling the city seemed to thicken as the unknown object came closer. Panic spread like wildfire through the hearts of the citizens who huddled together, sharing fears and rumors of imminent attack. The atmosphere was a mix of anxiety, collective fear, and a morbid curiosity that hung heavy in the air. Suddenly, the night sky erupted with brilliant flashes of light. Artillery fire lit up the heavens, creating an otherworldly spectacle 
that dazzled those who dared to speak out from their hiding places. The ear-splitting booms of the anti-aircraft guns reverberated through the city, drowning out the terrified murmurs of the populace. The night air became filled with the scent of gunpowder, a stark reminder of the danger lurking amidst the darkness. As the battle raged on, reports began to trickle in from different parts of the city. Witnesses described strange phenomena, recounting seeing bright lights moving in seemingly impossible ways. Some reported seeing circular or saucer-shaped objects darting and weaving through the sky with astonishing speed and agility. Others claimed to have witnessed a large, dark aircraft, stealthy and seemingly impervious to the barrage of bullets and explosions. The confusion and chaos intensified as the hours ticked by. Despite the relentless onslaught, the unidentified object appeared almost untouchable, evading the concentrated fire from thousands of rounds of ammunition. It was as though the intruder defied the laws of physics, maneuvering effortlessly in ways that human-made aircraft simply could not. Then, as mysteriously as it had appeared, the unknown object vanished. The explosion ceased, leaving behind an eerie silence that contrasted sharply with a chaotic symphony of gunfire. The city, shrouded in smoke and dust, assessed the damage inflicted upon its beloved streets and structures. Government officials caught off guard by the chaos and unsure of how to explain the events attempted to, to calm the public's fears. The official statement issued by the military cited, quote, war nerves, end quote, as the cause, asserting that the entire incident had been a case of mass hysteria triggered by false alarms and anxiety. But the people of Los Angeles, haunted by the vivid memories of that night, could not shake the feeling that something extraordinary had transpired. Rumors swirled amidst the aftermath, igniting further speculation. Some whispered of secret experimental aircraft, advanced technology being tested in the dead of night. Others whispered of extraterrestrial visitation, appealing to the depths of human curiosity and the eternal question of whether we are alone in the universe. The theory of a time anomaly gained traction too, with some postulating that the mysterious object may have slipped through a temporal rift, defying the bounds of human understanding. To this day, the Battle of Los Angeles remains a cryptic tale that continues to captivate the curious. Its memory lingers as a haunting reminder that sometimes... The most fantastic stories are those written by reality itself, with no author to claim them. The veil of uncertainty and government secrecy that shrouds this incident fuels the imagination of both skeptics and believers, leaving questions unanswered and room for speculation. Perhaps, hidden within the classified documents and the hushed conversations of eyewitnesses, 
lies the truth that has eluded us for almost eight decades. Or maybe it will forever be an enigmatic chapter lost in history. A part of the ever-growing tapestry of human mysteries. Regardless, the Battle of Los Angeles serves as a stark reminder that reality occasionally twists itself into inexplicable shapes. And there you have it, listeners, the overview of the Battle of Los Angeles. Now let's check out some newspaper headlines and stories. Let's load them up. This is from the Coos Bay Times from Oregon from Thursday, February 26th, 1942. The Battle of Los Angeles is fought again by citizens. Stimson calls it genuine. No hum of motors heard by observers, but few stick to story. Newspaper and police leader demand explanation. Fifteen craft involved. Los Angeles authorities today demanded that the Army, Navy, and civilian agencies beat the brush throughout the West for possible enemy air bases. Under Sheriff Jewell, speaking for Sheriff Iskaluz, voiced the demand following Secretary of War Stimson's announcement that as many as 15 aircraft, probably commercial planes, operated by enemy agents, caused yesterday's air raid alarm and heavy anti-aircraft fire in the Los Angeles area. Bishaluz, chairman of the Los Angeles County Defense Council and the Los Angeles Times, had earlier called on government agencies to explain conflicting reports about the alarm. Statements from both Bishaluz and the Times resulted from Secretary of Navy Knox's assertion that he understood the five-hour blackout and firing were based on a false alarm. Stimson, however, said, there were planes over Los Angeles and that there were other than American Army or Navy planes. He said anti-aircraft batteries fired 1,430 rounds of ammunition at them. Additional reports from observers in the Los Angeles and Long Beach area supported the belief that it was no false alarm and the aircraft definitely were sighted. Chief of Police McClelland of Long Beach said, I watched what was described as the second wave of planes from the top of the seven-story city hall. Personally, I did not see any planes, but younger men with me said they could. An experienced naval observer with me, using powerful Carl Zeiss binoculars, said he counted nine planes in the cone of the searchlights. He said they were silvery in color. Heard no motors. This group passed along from one battery of searchlights to another and under fire of anti-aircraft guns flew from the direction of Redondo Beach and Englewood on the land side of Fort MacArthur and continued towards Santa Ana and Huntington Beach. Anti-aircraft fire was so heavy we could not hear motors of the planes. As far as we knew, none of our planes took off. Mrs. Margaret Scott of West Los Angeles near Santa Monica said she and her husband, an aircraft plan supervisor, watched the display and that searchlight beams seemed to have caught one or more planes at their intersection. It looked just the same as in the practice conducted in this area almost every night, she said. All right, next up, The Sun, Baltimore, Saturday morning, February 28, 1942. 
Mark Watson on the Battle of Los Angeles. Washington, February 27th. Bulletins from Wednesday morning's Battle of Los Angeles are still inconclusive. And tonight, neither War nor Navy Department is presenting any further judgments on whether Los Angeles civilians and gunners saw 15 planes, two planes, or any planes, or where, if any, they came from, or where they went, or why. The most that can be said is that two and a half days after Los Angeles's excitement, official Washington has not received evidence, which has convinced the doubters that any Japanese planes were there. On the other hand, and naturally, there is no evidence now available which could conclusively prove to a man who saw the planes then that he did not see them. Secretary of the Navy Knox has been severely criticized, both here and in Los Angeles, for his outspoken expressions of Wednesday, when he said that the story had the look of a false alarm. It ought to be noted, however, that when he volunteered this judgment, it was shared by a number of responsible officers, both of Army and Navy. They, with the acumen developed by long life in the service, were not talking for quotation. The unlucky secretary was not so cautious. What are the facts? It should also be noted that when Secretary of War Stimson, on the following day, read an official Army communication from California, indicating that planes had actually been seen, but not identified. He pointedly abstained from offering that as his personal judgment. He offered it only as a report from the responsible commander on the ground. A great deal of official effort is now being made in California to establish the facts. Here in Washington, little is clear. Save the several policemen in Los Angeles say that they saw a plane and that great many civilians say they saw up to 15 planes. The latter story is not accepted as likely, and the former is not yet accepted as definitely proven. So far, it is not clear whether the first anti-aircraft guns in action were directed against a specific target or were set off as a normal blind barrage to keep some possible enemy plane out of accurate bombing range. Once the shells started exploding aloft, it's easy to see why other batteries went into action. Except for the Southern California people, who are as indignant as Secretary Knox as though he had criticized their weather. No complaints from Northern Californian are yet reported. There is no longer a great deal of excitement in Washington. A difficult job. There seems to be a disposition to accept Secretary Stimson's view that if anti-aircraft gunners are going to err, it is better to err on over-alertness than the reverse, and that a good many errors must be expected until the air watchers get accustomed to their jobs. The fact is, of course, that it is difficult for an untrained observer to see 18,000 feet aloft with accuracy, that he does not have much time to verify his belief about an object traveling two or three miles a minute. And that after Pearl Harbor, the worst thing that can happen is for air watchers in California or anywhere else to take their jobs too lightly. All right, next up, we got the Pensacola Journal from Thursday morning, February 26, 1942. Gun battle at Los Angeles was just false alarm. Thousands of rounds of ammunition fired at mystery target. Metropolitan Los Angeles had chills and thrills early today as sweeping searchlights pierced the sky. Anti-aircraft guns pumped thousands of rounds of ammunition toward an object, which
which hours later the Army had not identified. In Washington, Secretary Knox said it was just a false alarm. Quote, there was no planes over Los Angeles last night, he said, at a press conference. At least that's our understanding. None have been found, and a very wide reconnaissance has been carried on. The Western Defense Command said no enemy bombs were dropped and no planes shot down, but there was tight-lipped official silence about virtually everything that happened in a spectacular blackout, which lasted from 2.25 a.m. until 7.21 a.m. The screeching wails of sirens awakened most of the area's three million sleepers, and within a few minutes, they saw a slow-moving object, which many thought was a blimp, caught in an intensely bright patch of light where scores of searchlights converged. The poom, poom, poom of anti-aircraft guns rattled windows in some of the beach areas, and there were brilliant bursts of fire, somewhat like the, the spreading of 4th of July skyrockets around the sky craft. It was noisy, breathtaking, sky drama, played in almost utter blackness before an enormous and silent audience. A thrill-packed preview of war, where the sleepy-eyed spectators wore nightgowns and pajamas. In some areas, shells exploded in residential districts, but no one was injured. Fragments crashed into a bed, which a woman and a girl had left moments before to look at the rave. Thank goodness. It seems their curiosity saved their lives. So I have some clips here from the original broadcast from 1942. Here's the CBS newscast from February 26, 1942, about the event that took place. And now for news of our own West Coast, we take you to Los Angeles and the report of Byron Palmer. Anti-aircraft guns went into action against unidentified aircraft in the Los Angeles area shortly after 3 a.m. Pacific wartime this morning. The anti-aircraft guns began barking during a blackout ordered by the 4th Interceptor Command at 2.25 a.m. So on top of the barrage of artillery, the residents of Los Angeles were also in blackout conditions. So on top of the sheer terror of hearing what I'm sure sounded like being in a war zone, the people of L.A. were also in the midst of blackout conditions. Sounds just terrifying. And the newscast continues. The unidentified object, which some sources thought might be a blimp, moved slowly down the Pacific coast from Santa Monica and disappeared south of Long Beach. Army officials declined to comment on the possibility that the object might have been a blimp. However, it required nearly 30 minutes to travel some 25 miles, far slower than an airplane. Watchers on the rooftop of the Columbia Broadcasting Building in the heart of Hollywood could plainly see the flashes of guns and searchlights sweeping the skies in a wide arc along the coastal area. Concussion of the shells could be felt in downtown Los Angeles, 15 miles away. U.S. Army planes quickly took to the dark skies, but whether they contacted the object has not been announced. Army officials say they will not comment until they receive a full report of the action. Although some watchers say they saw airplanes in the air, semi-official sources say they probably were the U.S. Army's pursuit. Several observers say they saw one or more planes spotlighted by 20 or 30 searchlights. The object moved southward, presumably over Huntington Park at the western edge of Los Angeles, and on southward to about Long Beach on the coast. 
By 3.30 a.m., observers said the object appeared to be over the south of Long Beach. Searchlights closely followed the object down the coast and kept it centered in their glare. Shells frequently could be seen bursting near the object, but none appeared to hit it. So again, a barrage of artillery is being blasted at this object, and none, none of the shots appeared to hit or damage the object. So to quote the reporter, shells frequently could be seen bursting near the object, but none appeared to have hit it. Um, <laughs> does this sound peculiar to you at all? It's like you're listening to a sci-fi film or hearing a radio show discussing the movie Independence Day, where the jets were shooting at the giant alien ship, and there was a sort of force field around it, and nothing would penetrate this field around the ship. This is crazy. So from shortly after 3 a.m. until 3.30 a.m., so almost a half hour, this strange object was fired at repeatedly, right? Over a thousand rounds, and yet it remained unaffected by our weaponry. Now, I don't know about you, but this absolutely terrifies me. That makes me question if when we were ever to come upon a, say, alien invasion, would we be able to defend ourselves? Or how about this question? Perhaps this object slash UFO came in peace and what a welcome they received. I mean, would you be like, oh, hey, how y'all doing tonight? We just thought we would, you know, Share some news from the cosmos, but uh, we thought we would hang up here until, I don't know, maybe you stopped shooting at us. <laughs> so, oh, all right. So this newscast continues. The shooting stopped about 3.30 a.m. The shooting brought warfare to the front door of this city of a million and a quarter population for the first time since December 7th. Already, it was alert to the presence off the Southern California coast of a Japanese submarine which had pumped 25 shells into an oil field north of Santa Barbara Monday evening. Because of the presence of the submarine, a three-hour alert was ordered at dusk last night, and civilian authorities stood at their posts while the Army and Navy continued their search for the submersible. The evening alert ended at 10.23 p.m., but another was sounded at 2.22 a.m., and the blackout followed within three minutes. It covered Los Angeles County from Santa Monica to Pomona. At 2.27, all Southern California radio stations were ordered off the air, except those in San Diego. Approximately 20 minutes after the firing died down, the ship returned and headed westward from Long Beach toward Santa Monica. The guns went into action again, hurling round after round of shells at the object. The second barrage appeared to be closer to downtown Los Angeles, since watchers could hear the concussion of the guns more clearly and the flash of bursting shells was brighter. Then the ship disappeared for the second time over the ocean. We return you now to CBS in New York. So after being fired upon for almost a half an hour, the ship disappears over the ocean. I mean, maybe the crew on board the ship said, what the heck? The heck with this. We're out of here. These humans are hostile. Time to go. Now, granted, you can understand the military is extremely on edge. We're in the midst of being at war. Um, but, you know, you got to sometimes just step outside the craziness and think, um, let me just think about all angles of this. And um, if this ship did come in peace, um, it's no wonder they left. 
So crazy stuff here, listeners. I mean, can you even imagine being a resident of California during this event? Would you have bought the official story that it was just a false alarm? Send me your thoughts at truth at majestictruth.com. I'd love to hear from you. All right, as we wrap up this episode, dear listeners, and while the true nature of the lights that appeared over Los Angeles on the infamous night remains unknown, the unfading interest in the event ensures that the mystery will continue to captivate the imagination of generations to come. The incident served as a catalyst, sparking new investigations into UFO phenomena, pushing governments to declassify more information, and inspiring a dedicated community of researchers, believers, and skeptics to delve deeper into the question of whether we are alone in the universe. All right, true seekers, that concludes this episode of Majestic Truth. I hope you've enjoyed exploring the depths of the unknown with us today. Remember, the pursuit of truth and the quest for knowledge are ongoing journeys. So stay curious, stay open-minded, always follow your dreams, and keep seeking answers. Join us next week as we venture into the dark woods of West Virginia. We're on a fateful night in 1952. Eyewitnesses encountered a creature like none other, the Flatwoods Monster. Was it an extraterrestrial being, a government experiment, or something beyond our wildest imagination? For more information on this episode about the 1942 Battle of Los Angeles, visit MajesticTruth.com forward slash episode 19. And if you have your own theories or stories to share about UFOs and other conspiracies, reach out to us on social media or email us at truth at MajesticTruth.com. Thanks for joining me, Truth Seekers. I'm grateful for every listener and humbled by every subscriber. Don't forget to mark your calendars and set your alarms because our next episode will be available next Tuesday on your favorite podcast app. Trust us, you won't want to miss it. Until then... Keep your eyes on the skies, your mind open, and remember, the truth is out there. For updates, behind-the-scenes content, and a chance to engage with fellow truth seekers, stay connected with us on social media. Find us on Twitter at TruthSeekerPod, Instagram at MajesticTruthSeekers, and TikTok at MajesticTruthSeekers. Tune in next week as we discuss the 1952 Flatwoods Monster. Thanks for listening.